seven-yard touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Big Keith Trailer, look at him rumble. Week five is upon us, and the tale of my season is that a storied franchise has fallen on hard times. You can apply it to either of my teams, Manchester United or the New York Giants, and I'm not bothered. It doesn't bother me. I'm not bothered, okay? This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Touchdown! No! No! 24-yard attempt. Oh, he hits the upright. It's no good. Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler of the history of the Chiefs. On the podcast this week, we've got our resident NFL superfans, one whose side is quietly getting the job done with a quarterback who's basically a cheat code, and the other whose side, well, isn't. And boy, let me tell you, are you going to hear it about it from him again and again and again and again and again and again and again? And we'll be with Dave in just a minute. Ravens fan Dan is with me in Manchester. Yeah, I'm not jinxing it. We're not talking about them till next week, probably when they are playing in London. Uh, for now, we'll just leave them nicely to it because it's Pittsburgh this week. Yeah, but Browns and Pittsburgh in like consecutive weeks. Anyway, Bengals, we'll... Bengals, Browns, Pittsburgh. Wow. Uh, Kirk Cousins, super fan and Vikings aficionado. Dave Keane is in the UK second city. And in case you wanted the order, it goes Manchester, Birmingham and then London. Evening, Dave. Hello, mate. How's it going? I can think of a couple of reasons, say two reasons why Manchester's good. I can think of three reasons why Istanbul is better. (laughs) This week, we look ahead to all the TV games. We discuss what's caught our eye in the NFL. And if anybody mentions Taylor Swift, it's an instant red card and two podcast ban. In association with endzonekit.co.uk, this is Utter Punts. Let's not mention the um, association football uh, from this point onwards. I'm also putting a ban on any mention of association football uh, from here on out. Uh, Let's instead (laughs) talk about what's caught our eye in American football this week. I was having a look down the list. I normally try and make some kind of um, judgment as to who I think goes first. And actually, I'm not sure there's any, any real stand out this needs to go at the top of the shop so i'm going to go with you dan and you wanted to talk about mr claypool yeah i did um only because you know we, we spoke a few times about trades that go horribly wrong or trades that go horribly right so a couple of years ago the end of last season the bears traded a second round pick for chase claypool from the steelers um the steelers don't let many good players go in trades um so you, you already question it they, they'd also given they'd also just accepted a second round pick from the ravens for roquan smith now roquan smith has become Arguably, and Dave will probably argue it because he plays for the Ravens, but he's probably the best off off ball linebacker in football, and it's hard to think of a, a better one really. Uh, and the partnership he's made with Patrick Queen and the Ravens has made a massive difference to them, and they're probably the best linebacking duo in the game. Um, so they gave up, they, they bought a, they, they gave away Rokon Smith for Chase Claypool in essence. Um, although actually Claypool was a higher pick, um, and this week they've they've benched him. Um, he's he's come out and complained about the coaching, which to be fair, Justin Fields did two weeks before. But then what, what's really confusing is that the, the franchise is clearly broken. And, and you always know when it's an NFL franchise because the, the, the front office and the coach who's doing the interviews aren't on the same page. So the player has said one thing. He said, um, I was asked not to come to the to the, to the pit, to, to the ground to play in the game. I was told not to come. The coach in the post interview said it was our decision. We uh, It was his decision. He decided not to come to the game. Yeah, we gave him a choice. You yeah, can either come to the game or you can stay yeah, at home. Which is which is Matt Eberflus, who's the new who's the coach there. And then Ryan Pauls, the GM, said actually no, we told him not to come to the game. So there's clear disconnect between the front office and the head coach, which then puts the head coach in a position where he has to come out again and say no, no, yeah, he's right. We we told him to stay away, and we told him to now stay away for the full week instead. It just screams of absolute shoddiness, doesn't it? And what's alarming is that at the moment, because of the trade the Bears made with the Panthers to give away this year's number one pick for Bryce Young, which isn't going particularly well, no. um, the Bears currently sit with the number one and two pick for next year's draft um, because they're the worst two teams in football. Wow. So are the Bears really going to trust Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus to, give, to use those two picks? Now, I know we're talking about next season there, but these sort of trades always have this long-lasting impact, and it's just... When you see a team that should have been on the rise in demise, it's um, well, it's funny when it's not your team, I suppose. Yeah, it, it still feels a bit um, tough, doesn't it's it? It's messy. It's really messy, and it's you, you just feel you feel sorry for the coach because he's being put in a position where 
is he really now in control of his own players? The, yeah. the, what's the locker room thinking about it? You know, they were they were twenty eight seven up against the Broncos and and lost. Um, yeah, so I mean, I mean, the, I mean, the training ground, the, the, the whole thing must just feel pretty rotten at the minute, and it, you can't imagine them doing much more this season, really. Yeah. Dave, That's what have you made of that whole situation? Um, so Ryan Poles apparently had the choice between the Bears and the Vikings, and he chose the uh, the Bears on account of the fact that he wanted to do a total rebuild. Um, he then decided to keep Justin Fields. Phil's passing has never convinced me, but weirdly this weekend he looked better than he ever has done, uh, like throwing the ball and for some reason decided not to actually use his legs to get any cheap touchdowns, which would have been nice for my pet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's an unmitigated disaster. Uh, I, I think Pulse is looking pretty much clueless. It's really easy to 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 have the first overall pick, trade it away, and then everyone claims it's a great trade. You have the first overall pick. Like, okay, you, you did bring in a, a very good wide receiver, but you haven't actually done anything to make sure the right coaching's in place for Fields. And when Fields himself brings up the coaching, as he did a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> you've got to look at it from a perspective of things aren't right, and, but they didn't half look good for a bit until the wheels came off of the weekend. Yeah. So I just don't know. It, it's a really weird situation. I'm um, just really glad for Poles isn't the Vikings, chair. I'd rather have Quasi than him regardless of how people feel about crazy. It's really nice to have Dave back. You can tell that he's not quite at 100% yet, can't you? He's coughing and spluttering away in the background, but it is nice to have him back after a... Yeah, find my backside. Uh, (laughs) What did you want to talk about this week, Dave? You talking about quarterbacks? So, yeah, I mean, um, basically, quarter of the season's in the books now. At least it would have been a couple of years ago. Uh, I thought it might be nice to have a check-in on some of the draft prospects from last year that we've mentioned previously and talk about how they were doing. I'll go through them in order of uh, worst to best in terms of how successful I think they're going to be in the NFL. Unfortunately for for Panthers fans, Bryce Young at the weekend, that was not a good thing to see. he, he struggles with, with stretching the defence. He struggles with uh, getting out of the way in the pocket. He got sacked three times by safety at the weekend uh, because physically he's not... They, I mean, the, he has no chance of getting a human being off him when they get to him. That's a worry at quarterback. Yeah. Um, I, I am worried for them. I'm also gutted for them, but they seem to have traded away a pick which would have got them a very good quarterback next year um, in order to move off for Bryce Young. I, I hope he proves me wrong on account of the fact that... The more great quarterbacks in the league, the better. But there's so many risks with him, despite the fact that his anticipation throwing is different class, and he's mm. still showing that it's different class. Mm-hmm. He's already been injured for half the games he's been available for, um, and he didn't look fit or nor ready to be leading an NFL team at the weekend. And they can't tank, they traded away their pick. So, like, they might need to think about sitting in for a year and letting Dalton play. Um, Andy Richardson looks physically, potentially one of the most dominating QBs in, in the league. Major concern for him coming out was the fact that he can't actually throw the ball short uh, because he was basically treating everything like a cannon. In the pros, that strength in his arm has come to fruition for me. I, I, I think he's doing better of a touch passing than I expected at this point in his career. Um, I think he's going to be a very good player. But CJ Stroud, man, what a start to the season he's had. Um, he, 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 he's... The major worry about him was what he did under pressure in the big moments. A little bit Kirko, right? But he actually had a game which showed his potential to step up under pressure for Ohio State um, in in the college playoffs. Um, Nine minutes. Sorry, sorry, Dave. Nine minutes. Mate, I'm wearing a Viking shirt. I just thought it was easiest that way. Uh, Nine minutes. That's actually a record. (laughs) Who who had nine minutes in the the sweep? Was it producer Bell? What a shitty cheat the sweepscape that would be. (laughs) It would be the the, the, the sweepstake of cheapscapes. What Um, what, what, what would it be? 50p in a piece, boys. Um, I think that's a great idea. Right, okay. From this moment onwards, the the Utter Punch drinking game, the first rule in the Utter Punch drinking game is every time Kino mentions Kirk, you have to take a a finger. I feel for you all. A drink. That's That's, that's a thing. Oh, my God. (laughs) You don't have to take my finger. Yeah, you can take your own finger. How's that? Uh, I'm still talking. Any, yeah, any yeah, other quarterbacks yeah. while we're having a laugh? 
<laughs> just just drive, mate. He's, he's, he's been exceptional. I think the fact that the Texans are two and two behind that O line, he's had all five starting O linemen out this year injured, including yeah. a very good left tackle in Larry Tunsil. People moving around, more injuries every weekend. It shouldn't be sustainable for him, but I think that. Even if the rest of the season goes poorly, he has shown the ability to play at a very high level in, in the NFL, despite a, a poor Rousseau line, which is incredibly impressive at this stage. Uh, yeah, so CJ Stroud, what a player. Uh, he took apart the Jags. Um, and that's yeah. probably his best performance so far, but I'm expecting a lot more from him now. You two have gone quite serious. I'm going to go with something that's a little <coughs> bit more um, daft. And, and my question this week is, when does a game genuinely become must win? And when is it just a must win in the papers and on the online articles? So, for example, the Bengals are one and three. Yes. Is their game this weekend a must win? Yeah. Because if they don't win it, then season's gone. And what about the Jets and the Vikings? They're both one and three as well. But I'm I'm not sure they're as much of a must win for the Jets and the Vikings as the as it is for the Bengals. So well, at what point? It doesn't become must win. It's situational. So it's it depends on which division you're in, who you're playing, who, and who you've beaten and who you've lost to. So the, the Jets have lost to the Patriots and the Bills. So they're, they're both in their division. So their record at one and three is a worse one and three than, say, the Vikings, who have only yeah. lost one divisional game, I think. Um, so it depends no, who you're playing. But no. um, you, you don't often get to, you don't often lose four of your first five games and make the playoffs. And that's something like three. 3%, 4% people that even make the playoffs from that point. And I think it's a, so that means two teams have done it in 50 wow. years, right? So it's a very hard thing to do. And also, if you're one and four, you're not very good. Yeah. Uh, or, or you've got serious injury problems, or you've got serious issues with the coaching, or your own line's bad, or you've got a serious problem somewhere. And even if you then do put a run together, and we've seen it, I think the last one, Dave will probably back me up what year it was, but Rogers, I think they were. Were they sort of like three and six or something? And then he said, you know, don't panic, we're going to run the table. And they did. He, he said, six, relax. Relax, and we're going to run the table. Well, I remember well, saying was well. crushing a can of purple Kool-Aid. Yeah. Like, and then they, they won seven straight, what? made the playoffs and got whacked, as, as they tended to do in, the, yeah. <laughs> in that area. Um, so it can be done. But yeah, at this point now, if if, if you're if you're sort of at point two five, so you've got one win, four losses, your season's done. Yeah. Dave, anything anything to add to that? No, like Beautiful. he's right, a hundred percent. Like, I think it's three teams since nineteen sixty-two have managed yeah. to make the playoffs in zero and three. Um, so it's crazy, four, isn't it? Similar. I I always think that um, a must-win also depends on what the expectation, the external expectation on you is. So, yeah, absolutely, if yeah. if you're expected to be doing better than you are, see. Burrow and the Bengals yeah. a Giant, one and three Giants record maybe. makes it makes it a must win no I, I disagree, I'm yeah, not right. quite sure it's the same for the Vikings as it is for the Bengals for the Jets the Jets have have obviously got a a major issue in the fact that they lose their franchise quarterback after you know four snaps of the football and that changes whether or not it needs to be a must win the Giants no, walking the again. Giants are just terrible yeah. that he's yeah. walking again yeah, well, two weeks, be back, be first, back first 13 days. Yeah. That man is unreal. On crutches, that's five and a half weeks ahead of schedule based on the, no, six weeks. He's normally in a boot, so he did it in two. Um, and he, he's already said that he might be back this year. What? I did, I did, I did a bit of research. Now, there's a, guy, there's a doctor on YouTube who's done a wicked video. I'm not. I, I, I hope. I hope we've his rehab, and he, he's basically using known but revolutionary um, like methods, which if if he can potentially get back to ninety five percent within two to three months, if he if he if he sticks no. to it, I think is what the guy said. Um, and like ninety five percent, like incredible, huh? But so, yeah. I mean, I, I have questions. If <laughs> if they're known but not used. Why aren't they used? Because it's ninety-five percent mobility. The full, the full way he has a chance to get it back to a hundred. This way, it keeps. I think he said the, the tendons are a little bit um, tighter, Shorter, so you, yeah. you lose a little bit of mobility, but it, it comes back as strong. Um, so wow. yeah, I mean, the, the, I, I, have, I should really look up the guy's name for the show notes, but it's it's an impressive feat if he does it and he, he's basically done it by taking what he knows and going and getting the treatment that he thinks will help him um, as opposed to going down the normal route of 
just following a process which is rare. Beautiful work. More news from around the NFL next week on Otter Punts. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tell a friend and all of those things. And especially if you're around on social media, X or Instagram, just look us up at Otter Punts Podcast. You'll find us straight away. And again, it just makes a massive difference. If you tell somebody that you know loves the NFL to give us a try, it makes a huge difference. Also, if you are listening on YouTube or watching us on YouTube, just hit the like and subscribe button there because then the algorithm does us uh, an absolute solid. We'll be back with the stock market game in just a tick. In the stock market game, we are going to do a whistle-stop tour. I don't think there's any point at all in lingering on this. Dan is still leading. I am now in last place. And Dave has redeemed himself somewhat. Um, So we shall... Move on. I don't think there's any any real reason to do. I tell you what would be more interesting, and that would be to hear about the title sponsor of the podcast, wouldn't it? Endzonekit.co.uk. Uh, I could tell you all about them live, or you could just watch this video. Here at Utter Punts, we're delighted to be partnered with Endzonekit.co.uk, one of the best kit suppliers out there. Whatever you're looking for to represent your American sports team, Endzone has got something for you. In sizes from newborn all the way up to 3XL and larger, endzonekit.co.uk can provide gear to fulfill your NFL, NCAA, MLB, NHL and NBA needs. Endzone source their stock in the USA, they ship it over here too, which means delivery is lightning quick and can be with you ahead of the big game. And if you love a bit of retro style, Endzone's got you covered too with a whole range of vintage and pre-loved kit for you to choose from. So why not head to endzonekit.co.uk and find yourself a bargain. And because you listen to Utter Punts, you can have a 15% discount at checkout when you use the code PUNTS. Endzonekit.co.uk, the place to go for American sports kit. Yeah, use the code PUNTS at checkout for a uh, 15% discount. They are lovely, lovely human beings and a really good company too, especially if you're, uh, you know, in one of those positions, like I think all of us are in a cost of living crisis where 150 quid for a genuine jersey is just a step too far. So mm-hmm. uh, unlike Dave, who seems to be wearing a brand new Vikings, is not is it not brand new? He's shaking his head at me. No, I so I have a I have a rule where I only buy the jerseys after players have left. So this is my new Adam Phillips shirt from last year. Nice, like it. <laughs> uh, should we go on with previewing some games then, boys? Oh, yeah. for you. Why not? Uh, let's start with the two thirty game live yes. from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at Buffalo Bills at Tottenham. Um, So home advantage disappears for the Bills. This is really interesting for me. The Bills are on a three-game streak, but they've had to travel. Um, I I think this makes a big difference, Dan, doesn't it? The the team that's Mm. been in London, able to chill out, go through training processes properly, and the team that's had to fly from Buffalo. I'd normally agree. And if it was the first London, like last week, I think it gave the Jags an edge, certainly, um, because they've been before and they came here earlier. I just... Doug Peterson has said this this week and, and last week that they were worried about the second week because th- without being in their own facility in their own grounds, the things like the game film study and, and, and things like that that they would normally prep for for the next game, they haven't had the same facilities for. So I, I don't think it gives them as much. And, and let's be honest, Buffalo to London is no more than Buffalo flying to Seattle. Oh, that's fair um, enough, yeah. So it, actually, I don't think it's a massive disadvantage for the Bills. And... Um, the Bills are just really good, aren't they? I mean, they they, they look really serious. And I, I don't know if it's as much this time as... A, it'll be interesting to see because it's the, it's the first time that a team has stayed for the second game. And if it goes well, um, so you're almost... If you're rooting for a London franchise, you want the Jags really to put up a fight here and even win the game because it shows that there's a... There's a, it's, it does work them staying for a, for a longer period because then next year it might be three games, year after maybe four games, and, and then you go. And they've only got to stay for eight to have all the home games played here in one one period of the yeah. schedule and then they go back to the States and play the last eight games on the road um, in America. So it, that that's the sort of plan and it'd be interesting to see how it goes. Um, I think they could have, I think if they could have hand-picked any opponent, I, I'm pretty sure the Bills would have been bottom of that list. <laughs> uh, Dave, w- when you were saying some of the things that you were saying there had... A look on his face that I can only describe as disgust. <laughs> no, I, I don't like the idea of a London franchise, but some people do. You know, fair play to him if I want. But um, as soon as you said it was no different to going to the West Coast, I thought I'll have a look at how um, how Bills do 
when they go to the West Coast. Uh, I found an article straight away from ESPN which said, um, Bill's flying to LA, I first win on West Coast since 2004. And that was from 2016. So unless they've really, really revolutionised how things yeah. I mean, the Bruce bonus is that they're, the they're actually going La- east. So. Don't forget, last year, the start to last season, the first game, they went to the Rams, the Super Bowl champion Rams, and absolutely spanked them in their own ground. Well, the first I, I, game I get of the that, season, but that so Rams team wasn't that good, was it? Yeah, they're also not heading west. The Super Bowl you know, they're definitely going east. Uh, this is the Josh Allen derby, Kino. Yeah. This is Buffalo Josh versus Jacksonville Josh. Jacksonville Josh won last time. Yeah, yeah now, interestingly... Buffalo Josh comes into this one off a nearly perfect passer rating last week. 158, I think his passer rating was. Absolutely unbelievable. (laughs) And Jacksonville Josh came off a three-sack game. Mm -hmm. This has got Belton written all over it, hasn't it, Kino? Well, they're playing for their name. Like, who's the real Josh Allen? the Josh Allen? It's the M&M derby. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, the last time that they met, Jags Josh Allen was victorious. Um, I think if he gets two more wins, he does get to keep a name and make the other Josh Allen change his name. That's that's a rule. I mean, Jags Josh, Jags Josh, and Jacksonville Josh. That, that's kind of got a ring to it. Buffalo Josh is a. He sounds a bit like a cowboy. I don't know which one I'd have if I was starting a franchise tomorrow, and it's not. I do Look, I, I think we're all sort of leaning the same way here. And, and just one more thing. Jacksonville allowed a 90-plus rate to wide receivers last week. And I think that's all well and good until you come up against Josh Allen and that Buffalo offence, who are lethal. Things looked fantastic this weekend, just gone. Yeah, yeah. and, and Bal- they have done for a couple of weeks, really. And, and I think we were waiting because they'd beaten the Steelers, they'd beaten the Raiders, and you thought, well, look, they need to play someone decent for us to get a real gauge. Dolphins went in in the, you know, the informed team in the league and the, the Bills really just smashed them to bits. Um, I am concerned about the Bills' secondary. They have now started picking up injuries. So, Tredarius yeah. um, White went out with the injury. He's out for the season. I think Jordan Poy is limited in this game. I think uh, Kamer Elam is limited uh, in practice. And they've, they, it's, it's that element of the flight that might be the issue, you see. So, flying with an injury like that, then that's going to be a static position for so long. It, that that's going to have an effect. So I think the Bills' secondary is weak. I think the Jags, if they play well, can attack them there. But if this ends up in a shootout, I'll take the Bills. And if it ends up on the ground as a fight, I'll take the Bills. If it ends up as a defensive game, I'll take the Bills. So you're going Bills then? Yeah. <laughs> Dave? I, I think if the Bills are going to win, they all need to listen to Russell Wilson about how to deal with an injury <laughs> on the play. Um, <laughs> uh, no, in, in all honesty, I, I want the Jags to win. Um, I think that the Bills possibly had... I, I want them to win because I think it keeps that division interesting, which has started to heat up. But, um, so, for, for, for me, I think I can justify plumbing plum for the Jags just based on the fact that last weekend against the, the, the Dolphins, it was a divisional game. The Bills will have been massively up for it. And how many times do we see uh, a team after a big emotional high kind of fall flat on their face a little bit like the Dolphins did after they scored 70 mm-hmm. points? So, yeah, yeah okay. Um, I'm going to go Bills. <clears throat> and I'm going Bills because I just, I think we've all sort of mentioned something in there that means that they're on a bit of a roll. They seem to have found a bit of a groove offensively. And I don't think the Jags have got enough defensively to stop, um, you know, Buffalo Josh. Um, a, number, so, a number one overall pick from. Two years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, be interested to see if he can step up because it, it, it's a big game. It'll, yeah. be, I, it, could, mean, it could be great. And look, while we're talking about picks, um, we got everything right last week, yeah, cruised it last week. Everything oh, we didn't miss easy. one, easy. We even said you the Jets would keep it close you. and pick the Jets. We yeah, could yeah, have had, yeah. We had double up there, and we said the Cowboys had smashed the Pats 38 nil. I said it was 38 3, not bad, was it? Yeah, I mean. You were wrong. Miles out. Yeah. yeah. Miles away. <laughs> um, see what happens when you're not here, Dave. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I only got one wrong on the list that I sent oh, wrong, two Rosie. minutes was one, one wrong. Wrong. Professional. One wrong. Disgrace. Well, he died once. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the Dolphins, and I sent him a call saying it would be close. Speaking of. Was, was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was nowhere near close. Speaking of the Dolphins, uh, they're at home Ooh. this weekend to <laughs> the New York Giants. 
Um, I had a bit of a rant about the Giants last week, and we clicked it up and we put it on socials, and it went pretty well. A bit. I um, I'm not sure I've even got it in me to whinge this week. Like I feel a bit like Daniel Jones, who Do you comes not think into that this Daniel one. Daniel Jones's contract is the best decision in football from the summer. What's that? Or do you not think? Well, basically, you pay Daniel Jones forty million a year plus on a calf and get ready to drink people. He beat the Vikings twice. He didn't even beat them twice. He, he chewed the Vikings defense up twice and got one win. And like they were by far his best performances of the season drink. against the Donna Shell defense, which brought no pressure. And for some reason, you decided to invest. Absolutely crazy. I, I do you know? When, when I, I'm gonna. Play? I'm just gonna. Not yet. I'm going to go back to New York Giants at Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And okay. um, I don't think Daniel Jones is the biggest problem with New York at the moment. No. I think the Giants' major issue is that O-line. And you cannot allow your quarterback to be hit 14 <laughs> times in a game. You can't give away 11 sacks and say that that is the quarterback's fault. When you go back... The ball out. Just hang on a second. When you go back and you look at that O-line and the protection that Daniel Jones got in that game last weekend, I'm not sure any quarterback in the league, bar maybe Tua, who is moving the ball pretty quickly at the minute, gets the ball out. They just get swallowed up. That, that O-line is absolutely shocking and he needs some more protection. It's uh, it, This one is not on Daniel Jones, but all of that being said... They're about oh, to get well, themselves million, yeah. smashed it again. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just last week. You look at the game against <laughs> the 49ers, and I, I, I accept the 49ers are a really good team, but he, he couldn't even turn round nope. to look at the field. The, the stat that tells you it's the offensive line, because sacks can be a quarterback mm -hmm. stat sometimes. A, a quarterback can get himself sacked. Yep. Like Sam Howell gets himself sacked. Baker Mayfield is famous because mm -hmm. they just hold the ball too long. Um, the problem with this, you look at it, they only attempted, I think, two passes, the Giants, over 10 yards. Only two attempts... <laughs> in the whole yep. game because Lee literally couldn't get the ball out quick enough. Let me give you some if good you, news. There isn't any. There is. Here we go. Saquon Barkley back. Your best player. Also, is he going to be healthy? Yeah, healthy um, enough. He's better than Gary Brightwell. Um, <laughs> and he'll also give the defence something to worry about other than focusing on Daniel Jones, right? So that's good. The other good news, Terran Armstead, the left tackle for the Dolphins, yeah. is out. Now, a lot of talk last year about when Tua was in, when two was out, the Dolphins dropped off. They were six and zero with two in. They were they were they lost games when he didn't play. Yeah. Um, Terran Armstead was out of the same games. Okay. Now on Sunday against the Bills, Terran Armstead went. It was twenty. I think it was fourteen all. It was really, It was a close game. They were mm -hmm. going for pound for pound. Terran Armstead left the game, and the Dolphins' offense crashed and burned. It did. They didn't move the ball. They couldn't get the ball out quickly. That's then interesting because the left tackle had gone. So Terran Armstead out. Saquon Barkley back gives you a massive upgrade, and I think. There's also a point that you've got really proud coaches in that team, and you could see the upset on Dayball when he's giving it to Daniel uh, Jones on the sideline. Yeah, that when you talk about environments for a training for a prep of a game, that Giants compound this week I think will have been a hotbed, um, and I can see some real big men standing up on Sunday. And I, th I think you'll keep this really close. And I think you can get, you need you need your big players to play well. You need Darren Wall to play. You need Wondell Robinson to play. You need Barker to have a good game. You need Jones to have one of his good games. And you need your defense, Kevin Thibodeau. You need these players to really, Dex Lawrence, to put pressure onto it. And if you can do that, you'll only lose by 20. I'm not, yeah. I, th I, I, I think you're being generous. 25. Uh, Kevin's really interesting. It's a really interesting one because he's been all reputation. Yeah, or, or, and no, or, or and no delivery. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so be interesting to see whether this guy that comes in with this huge reputation and this, you know, weight of expectation on his mm. shoulders actually actually tips up. Uh, look, is anybody going with anything other than Miami steamroller in the Giants? Yeah, go on. I'll come up with a reason. Go on, no, then. no, I can't because you don't have a right side of your own line. <laughs> yeah, it's an absolute <laughs> joke. Yeah. I'm sorry, mate. I can't spot it. You, do you know what? Kino's actually very jealous because he wants the Vikings to be tanking just like the Giants are doing this season. But you're too <laughs> good. You're too good to tank as badly as we are. Uh, right, okay. Uh, I'm going Dolphins. Dan's going. Yeah, the Dolphins will win the game. I just think it'll be more of a contest. But yeah. <laughs> we'll clip that one up, and when you've got it horribly wrong, we will replay it. Uh, Dave, you're going with? Uh, Jalen Phillips. Yeah. That's who I'm going Great, with. Yeah. Like the Dolphins to absolutely destroy Jones. 
He's got, he's got, you know, uh, th there was one more start that I didn't tell you. He's been sacked seven or more times in two of the four games that he's played this season. And it's all the O-line. It's not negative. him. I think it was one point on Sunday night where you had a negative of your two young games of 78 to three. There, there was, there was, a, there was a point, there was a point during that game where he was in line to be sacked more times than any quarterback had ever been sacked in a game in the first half <laughs> Am I right in thinking Stafford holds that record? I don't know, but was it not Bar Borough in that Titans oh, playoff game last year? Was that about nine know. or ten? Wasn't man. it? I, I, I know the Vikings once sacked Stafford twelve times in a game, and that was a week after someone else had done more. Oh. Yeah, but I don't know if it was like yeah. Who that, knows? That one. I know the Ravens got twelve in one game. That was um, that one was supposed to be our quickie, um, and it's actually <laughs> turned out to be the longest one that we've done. So Eagles at Rams at SoFi five past nine on Sunday. Eagles are four and zero. Oh. They are unbeaten. And they look pretty good too. That offense is getting into its groove. I thought AJ Brown and Devontae Smith were terrifyingly good last week. And um, yeah, close, uh, wasn't it? Struggle for the Rams. Yeah, Dave's right. It was close, and it's one of those divisional games where actually they probably should have lost. I think I think Washington probably called the number, and we talked about Sam Howell, didn't we? And saying he's, he's boomer bust, but when he plays well, I mean, he looked he looked outstanding again. He led the team really well. I caught um, a, a couple of runs from him. Yeah. I'm telling you, that they were open. Like, but all they were doing was plunging back into coverage in the red zone, but for some yeah. reason he didn't take it with his legs. He was there. Yeah, that, but what, what it shows me is the Eagles have got a real grit to them. So they should have lost that game. They didn't. And you could have forgiven them for losing 36-33 in a, in a divisional game on the road. They didn't. They came back and they won the game. They found a way to win the game. Um... I love the Kelsey Swift partnership in this Eagles run game. Um, obviously, with Jelson blocking the way for DeAndre. Um, <laughs> but I've got a bit of a, a Puka Nakua stat. So Puka Nakua, obviously, the, the wide receiver for the uh, It's a yellow the card. <laughs> it's a yellow card. Um, it's not a straight red. The full name wasn't used. No. But no. definitely... There was, was a hint towards it. All I'm doing, all I'm doing is providing you with a caution. Didn't mention Wolverine. A caution. Um, so I, I looked, so Cooper Cup could be back for this game, which would be massive for the Rams. Obviously, they've got Puka Nakua, who's the, the sort of all-star, you know, un, unknown before the start of the season, rookie wide receiver, who's breaking all sort of records for a rookie. He's, he's on track to beat Cooper Cup's record-breaking season from 2021. And he's on track to beat the one before that, which is um, Calvin Johnson's record from 2012 in receiving yards. What's interesting is that the quarterback for all three of these was Matthew Stafford, who I think is playing just about as well as any quarterback in the NFC at the minute. Yeah. Um, so if you give Stafford, who I'm saying is the best quarterback in the NFC, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, a good run game, they'll score points. However, their defence is terrible. Yeah. And I think the Eagles will run and run and run. And run, and run. And they, all you will see they, is DeAndre Swift running up and down the field. They also, last week, they didn't give up massive yardage in terms of the passing game. But what they did do, Dave, was give up big chunks. Mm. So 200, I think, the yardage was. Something like that through the air last week that LA gave up. But of those, there were like two and three 30-plus yard passes that went out. And that that against the Eagles well, excuse is... It. Well, that but, against the Eagles is... You can't do that. It also skewed. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. I think Dan's right. I think the Eagles are going to come with their run game, yeah. maybe get get a little bit of play action going. Um, but I think the, the, the Rams are, I don't know, there, there's something there. There's, there's, there's the determination to prove people wrong. And I think McVay yeah. has really managed to find his little psychological edge in there. And Cooper Cup's meant to be back. So yeah, and I think there's real that leadership. Could, that being... could be very interesting as well because if you've got Nakua and Cup on the same team, yeah, and they're big players. You know, they, there was a lot of talk of Cup, Stafford, Donald all being on the trade block, and are they going to empty it? Those players, I think, are showing real leadership and in, in that team. And you can see the young players responding to it. So the fact that Stafford's getting getting this sort of game from Tutu Atwell and, and Puka Nakua. You put in his number one target back in that. They're, they're going to run. What what concerns me about the Rams is that Anthony Richardson and the Colts offensive line mauled them in that second half, and they just kept mauling them. And if the Colts could do that, what the Eagles are, are, are just a better version of the Colts for me. Um, so, so I mean, I'm like in terms of the best O lines in the league, you probably do have to give the Eagles an edge 
But for Colts as well, two years ago, everyone was talking about that as being the best O-line in the league. Um, So, yeah, they are playing a lot better now. So, I mean, it it could be that just because they've had the experience in the last game against a really good O-line, they they perform a bit better this time. But I I think you make a valid point, mate, a very valid point. Okay, then who are we picking? Uh, Eagles for me. I'll keep picking Eagles till they lose, I think. Yeah. I'm going to keep picking against them till they lose. Well, I'm going to do the sensible thing for the podcast here, and I'm also going to go with the Eagles as well, because I just... Although I think, you know, Aaron Donald looks like he might be finding a bit of form, I just don't think they've got enough to deal with um, to deal with Jalen Hurts. There are a million... This week five, there are, a, there are... Every game looks like a trap game for these teams. Yeah. You know, every game. There's nothing really certain. Um, and this is a trap game for the Eagles, and if they lose a close one, you probably forgive them against the hot young Rams yeah. team. Um, and there's lots of excuses, you know, for, for teams at the moment. If the Bills lose, they're in London, da, da, da. If the Chiefs lose, they're on the road to the Vikings. Vikings are a corned animal, aren't they? They're one yeah. of three. You know, so there's lots of excuses for these big teams this week. And this is one of them. Trap game. Tough, tough, tough. Right, we will continue with the preview in just a little moment. Um, we are going to do a bit of coaching corner. We do this every week because um, I'm still relatively new to the NFL, basically. And there are some things that happen that... I don't necessarily fully understand. So I basically abuse my position as host of this podcast (laughs) to try and uh, educate myself. And in so doing, hope that we cast a little bit of light on some of the shadows that um, the NFL has. Not nasty shadows, just ones that are there that everybody else understands and we don't necessarily. Um, Clock management this week Mm. is what we've come up with. Um, Normally I pick these, but actually, Dave, you were the one that, that said... Have you thought of anything for Coaching Corner? If you haven't, why don't we talk about clock management? Why did you suggest it? Because it's it, it's every game is impacted by clock management at any point. Basically, clock management is the art of allowing your team to score whilst preventing the, op- the opposition from having an opportunity to do so. And depending upon your situation, you might want to manage the clock in different ways. There have been occasions in the past where running backs have had the ability to score a touchdown but rather than taking that, they've actually hit the deck and like basically just got a first down instead. So I think of the importance I, of preventing the opposition from getting the ball. Yeah, and I think it's sure like, that you dominate the clock. I think it's important just to point out here um, for anybody that might be listening to this that doesn't necessarily know mm. everything about the NFL. When the clock stops and when the clock doesn't stop. So the clock stops if okay, you so go that, out of bounds. If you go out of no. bounds, or if there's an incomplete pass. Um, if it, it, a pass that's incompleted, the stop the clock stops. If you you run out of bounds, it can stop the clock within going forwards. Yeah, if you're running forwards and your you real momentum takes you out of bounds, that that stops the clock. So you'll see towards the end of a game, if teams are trying to stop, uh, trying to save as much time as they can, they'll hit the wide out, and the, the wide out will just run out of bounds. Quickly. Equally, if teams are trying to. Um, then they'll stay in bounds. Run the clock down. They want to stay in bounds. So if, if you're, if you're game. yeah, if you're ahead of if you're ahead in the game then you're going to run the ball more because the clock just keeps running. And, yep. and these really successful teams, you know, you look at the Eagles now, they're so successful because they're ball control. You look at the time of possession, it's one of those unknown stats. Look at It's a beautiful stat. It is. And it tells you everything you need to know about the game. Start there, work backwards. The team with the highest t- time of possession generally wins the game. Yeah, that's not the same in association football. No, nope. because you can win the game with one chance at ten percent. If you've if you've had the ball for forty five minutes of a sixty minute game in American football, you've won. That's yeah. another yellow card, by the way. I did put a ban on no further mentions of association football in this it podcast. So to help you. that's um, a second yellow okay. card. Technically, it's sending off. I'm I, gonna. I play for the Chiefs, so you can't send me off. Yeah, okay, be on my side. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you'll see teams tactically run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the clock down. Um, Patrick Mo. Patrick Mahomes on Sunday, actually, at the end of the Jets game, could have run in for a touchdown, and he's, he's destroyed a lot of people that put, put money on the spread. Yeah. <laughs> because if he'd have gone in, they'd have covered the spread. Yeah. Because he didn't, he slid down. It stops the clock. It stops the Jets having chance to have the ball back and score an eight-point mm-hmm. play. As unlikely as it is, it's, it's real sort of head-in-the-fridge, heart-in-the-oven type stuff, which is very clever. The, the best way to learn it is to play some Madden. Yes, like yeah, 100%. Yeah. Best way to learn it is to play some Madden because you you, you learn it so quickly. You you like they uh, the, the new Maddens as well give you scenarios deliberately based on what the clock is as well. Um, so the best the best way to to learn what clock management should be is you just play the games yourself on Madden and you'll get it. So uh, there are a couple of other things that are probably worth mentioning while we're talking about clock management. <clears throat> you might occasionally see a quarterback take a knee, for example. Why would a quarterback take a knee if they're trying to manage a clock? 
So uh, the shot clock, you have 40 seconds to make a play. So if you if you snap a play and you kill it and the clock's running, you can run 40 seconds before you have to snap the ball again. So if you've got three downs and there's one minute 20 left in the game, the game's over, you take three knees, at 38 seconds, the game's finished. You never have to snap the ball really properly again. But you do have to snap the ball, so the centre will snap it back to the quarterback, he'll take a knee, which is almost like a minus one yard run. So it's a run, so the ball's still in play, so the clock keeps running. Cool. So, so one of the times I most wanted to kill our producer, Mr. Bell, was when I went to his house and I was playing Madam for the very first time and I needed to get the ball back off him and he uh, took a knee three times in a row, running out the entire two minutes after the two-minute warning and inspiring me to go and break his stuff. <laughs> the other side of it is um, if you're trying to save the clock. So say you're you're a touchdown behind and you need a touchdown and you've got 20 seconds left and no timeouts, right? So you've you've got limited time and you can't stop the clock with a timeout. Yeah. Um you you see a quarterback instead of kneeling will spike the ball. So yeah. that's an incomplete pass, okay? Intentionally stops throwing the ball, the ball into the ground. Throwing the ball into the ground stops the clock. So they'll run up to the line of play, spike the ball and they lose it down. So you go from first and 10 to second and 10, but the clock stops at the incomplete pass. And, and, the and the, re- with it. The, re- the reason it's not grounding the ball is because everybody's lined up around quarterbacks so there are plenty of receivers in the vicinity. In the tackle box, which you can't be an intentional ground yeah. for. What you find with the good teams and the bad teams, and this is where it comes down to it, and the good coaching, the bad coaching, and the good teams and the bad teams, the good teams scramble. You watch the Chiefs. If they're in drill mode, they all get to the ball, the ball is down, the line is set, and the ball is spiked and the ball is snapped and spiked within seconds. You watch a team like, no offense, Dave, the Vikings. Vikings. It takes twenty seconds, thirty yeah. seconds, and it, it, it kills you because 20, then you're twenty three seconds. Yeah, and that they're two prime examples. The, the best example of clock management to go and watch if you want to watch it at home and sort of see what we're talking about is go and watch the AFC Championship game from two years ago, the Bills and the Chiefs, mm-hmm. which I think was twenty four all with a minute 30 to go and ended up 38-38 because they went touchdown, 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 touchdown and the ball never hit the ground. It was literally, they kept the ball and they were spiking the ball. The clock never moved. There was play after play after play. I think there was like 20 plays in a minute. Incredible game to watch and an example of incredible coaching, incredible play and real cool-headed quarterback. I'm sure that will be available for you somewhere on YouTube if you Mm. want to go and find it. Uh, Look, I'm aware of time, so we are going to move on from Coaching Corner. If you've got anything that you would like explaining, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, actually, saw something this week that we didn't know about, then you can drop us a message uh, on either of the um social media platforms that we've already mentioned so that's instagram or x what the the artist formerly known as twitter uh just search for utter punts or you can send us an email if you want to send us an email that email address is info info at meltingit.co.uk at melting it productions produce this podcast for us and they are absolutely brilliant meltingit.co.uk um I say that I'm the director of Melton Productions. So uh, just just for complete conflict of complete interest, clarity, conflict of interest. there's no conflict anymore. I've now been clear. We're brilliant. Um, look, Dallas Cowboys. If, if, if they don't come up with a new idea, Liam. We'll have to do the touchback rule, which is the worst yeah. rule in football. So or, if, if, oh, if you yeah. don't want us to have to talk about that nonsense, <laughs> yeah. come up with something. For Absolutely, us. drop us a message. We'd be lovely to hear from you. <laughs> uh, as always, if you want to talk to us about anything, we're, we're here all week. Um, got nothing else to do, really. So if you if you send us a message, we're more likely to reply than not. Uh, Dallas Cowboys at San Francisco 49ers. Who's just it's my fault? You just drop your phone. Uh, just, Made a very loud bang. Uh, Dallas Cowboys at San Francisco 49ers. Sunday late game, Levi Stadium. For me, this is the game of the week. I am really looking forward to this one. And here's why. San Francisco are tied third for points per game conceded at 14.3. Dallas have conceded the fewest points. They're currently going at a points per game of 10.3. So the two really great defences. Dallas' Dallas's offence has scored the fourth, fourth most points per game this season. San Francisco's offence has scored the third most points per game this season. And the third reason that I'm really looking forward to this game is Christian McCaffrey, who is currently leading the NFL in rushing yards by a hundred yards already absolutely astonishing from cmc so uh, i think this has got the potential dave to be the game of the weekend 
Yes and no. I think in order for it to actually stand up to your expectations, we're going to need to see Micah Parsons have the game of his life. Mm-hmm. Because in my view, what we've just spoken about comes into it here. I think that if I if I was playing against Parsons, I wouldn't want him turning off on my quarterback. You know full well Shanahan's not going to want that to happen. They're going to run the ball straight down the throat. They're going to be using their short passing game, getting people open in space, using explosivity. They're going to try and wear uh, that, that Dallas... D-line down as quickly as they can. I think the, the key to the game will be if they can get to Brock Purdy early and often, they might be able to put some doubt in his head. They might even be able to help him to re-aggravate an injury. I don't know, but that's their hope. They need to get to Purdy because um, otherwise he's just going to stand in behind that final line with enough time and space to, to basically hit the flat routes or, or hand it <laughs> off to his running back who, as you just said, is having an electric season. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that the Cowboys are going to have to perform outstandingly well to, to even make it close, uh, particularly with the loss of Diggs, uh, Trayvon Diggs earlier this season as well. So, yeah, uh, for, for me, 49ers just looking great. We need to see him with Sam Darnold. Yeah, the, the concern is Parsons isn't fit. He's not practised uh, again today. Yeah. Um, so yeah. He's, he's questionable. I mean, I think he'll probably play, but he's clearly not 100%. So how effective can he be? They lost, Dave just said they lost Terry Von Diggs, which I think affected them in the week. They lost to the Cardinals, certainly. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, I always have this little thing with Dallas that they're a bit, they're a flat track bully. And I've said it a few times. They will hammer a bad team. They will hammer a, an average team. Um, and when they come up against a good team, they get the nose punched and they don't like it. And I think the 49ers are about as good as you get. The 49ers have also ended the <laughs> Dallas season last two years um, at, at San Francisco in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I, I think Dallas have got a point to prove. I just, I just can't see it. I, their, their weakness um, is in the middle of their defense. So that the linebackers, I think it's Van der Esch. I can't remember the other guy's name. They're not playing well and they're being attacked. Now Shanahan knows that. So I expect more CMC, more Kittle, more Debo this week. Less Ayuk on the outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brandon Ayuk, by the way, is he's stepping into megastar wide receiver form. He, he, yeah. Some of his routes that he's running they are unbelievable. But I think this is a week for Kittle. It's a week for Samuel over the middle, short passing, like Dave said. They'll get the ball out. And I just cannot see how Dallas's offense on the other side of the ball is going to hurt San Francisco. I, oh, I can't see it. Uh, just a save, uh, just a little minute here to talk about CMC because since his move to the 49ers, he has been. Nothing short of incredible, and and seventeen in fifteen games. He he, yeah, seventeen in fifteen. But actually, the the better stat is he's now scored a touchdown in thirteen consecutive games, which beats which Jerry is, Rice's record, which of twelve. Yeah, games. and and it's very difficult to push Jerry Rice out of any record book. <laughs> let me tell you, uh, it, absolutely incredible. His his lowest yards per carry across all games since he joined San Francisco was four point seven oh, average. Wow. That's his lowest. It's absolutely astonishing. And everyone knows he's getting the ball, right? But 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 the problem is, he's like triple threat. Yeah, he's, he's not even a dual threat running back. No, he he's the only running back in the league who's more than worth a monster contract is on. And yeah, like, I agree. that includes Derek Henry, who I love, but like he's he's not a catching running back in the. Did you see his quarterback pass of the weekend? Like, yeah, touchdown pass. Yeah, it's class. Um, but like he's um yeah, I mean. Quite honestly, like he Mc, is. McCaffrey can do that as well. <laughs> yeah, McC- yeah, seen it. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, like the, the McCaffrey's just an exceptional footballer. I think What's the, ridiculous has been his durability of like yeah, I, yeah. I can't believe he stay fit. Yeah, with, 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 with I, the use I, I, we, we, we said it, didn't we? I, I I called him out for potentially being MVP this season. I think he, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, has yeah. the chance uh, of going out and doing that. I, I mentioned that in the very first podcast that we did. And I, I'm standing by it. I think the other thing that is testament to Christian McCaffrey is that nobody has a bad word to say about him. Everybody on that 49ers team says the same thing. He grafts his nuts off. He's, he's, he does everything that's asked of him and more, and he's absolutely lethal for us. And, and you know, when they when they were injured last year in that in that Eagles game, when they had you know they had no quarterback play, you know he was saying I'll play quarterback. He was still running hard. He was still breaking tackles. He still scored an unbelievable touchdown. If you remember in that game to keep it yeah. close, that leadership it echoes through that offensive line will batter for him. There was a play on on Sunday where they they flared it out to him on the right. Yeah. He cut in, he caught the ball without looking over his shoulder, which is a difficult pass to make. 
and most wide receivers would be proud of it. He cuts inside, jukes one guy, he hurdles the next guy that's flying in <laughs> and walks into the end zone. And it's all done at 90,000 miles yeah. an hour. I mean, he is unbelievable. Carl Shannon was asked that today in, in midweek. They said, "What well, you know, looking back at the trade you made for him, because they stole clip. him from the Rams. I mean, yeah. they, the Rams were a done deal to sign. Can Christian you imagine McCaffrey, what life would be like without Christian said, McCaffrey? Don't, don't even mention yeah, it. Don't, don't even talk about please, it. Please, please don't say that. Yeah, incredible. We've got two more. Can still be others as well. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you start worrying about McCaffrey, you're just hitting yeah. Debo yeah. in the flats. Yeah, that's for me. It. For me, you're right, Liam, and he's he's the MVP now until yeah. someone takes it. I can't see anybody beating him to it. But let's just hope he stays fit because I think I think Dave. I think Dave has probably hinted at what might stop that from happening, and that might be injury. Uh, we all taking the 49ers, yeah? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay, good. Um, Packers at Raiders, Allegiant Stadium, Monday Night Football. Ooh, I, I mean, the Raiders are rubbish, and the Packers haven't been great. Which way is this going, Dan? Uh, I, I think I think it'll go the way of the Packers because I think as a young team that they're, they're a core that's that's getting better. They're, they're going to struggle against a really good team. Um, the, the Raiders aren't that. They've got some. They have got some stellar players. The Raiders and if their stellar players turn up, they could really upset the Packers here. The Packers are overwhelming favourites. Which so you're taking a chance. Is, is Josh Jacobs back? He looked better last week. He's, he's used the first few games clearly to get fit, uh, but he looked much better last week. He was the the leading rusher last year in the league. You've got Devontae Adams, who I still think is probably arguably the best wide receiver in the league. You've got Max Crosby, who's arguably one of the best pass rushers in the league. So yep. you've got you've got good players everywhere. The problem is, around them, you've got absolute garbage. Yeah. Um the quarterback play last week made O'Connell wasn't good. Nope. And it might be Jimmy G back, but what you know, I think we know by now that that's not going to hurt anybody. From the for the Packers, um David Bactiari said he's out again for the year, Dave. Um, he's not going to play again this year. Although they have got Elton Jenkins back this this week, they say. Aaron Jones is back another week removed from his injury, so yeah. he should be fitter. Um, the Packers are younger. I think they're better all round, and I think and, and Allegiant Stadium will be full of cheese heads. So yeah, I think. Um, I think Dave, there 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 are some questions. They're three and eleven on third down in terms of conversion, Green Bay, mm. which is which is not good enough. Like you've you've got to be converting more than three out of eleven. Um, They've also had two turnovers, which is just you can't you can't do it. In week four, five sacks, eleven quarterback hits, two. So there's obviously something not quite right with Green Bay. Do you think they've still got enough to beat the Raiders? So when we spoke about um, play action passing, the fact that the quarterback has to turn their back on the O line. Mm -hmm. Love does it when he's not doing play action. <laughs> I genuinely, he does. Like it, it, it's it's it, it's it's a strange thing to see. Um, but his accuracy is decent. He, when he gets into rhythm, he looks half, halfway decent. But it seems to take a while for him to get there, and he seems to only play well once every other game. I think his QB rating, like last week, was atrocious. Uh, but he's due a good one. Mm. Um, <laughs> It's such a rubbish game, but yeah. just just based on the fact that I do like Max Crosby, he makes me laugh. Like he's a complete idiot when he when he's trying to get in quarterbacks' heads, particularly Patrick Mahomes. But at least he tried. Uh, so based on that, I'll, I'll roll with them. I'll, I'll roll with the Raiders just because I can't be bothered picking the Packers. No, I'm going Green Bay. I, I think they've probably just about got enough, and I, I just don't like the Raiders he's, very he's much. A young quarterback, he's going to have games yeah. where he's not quite there. The, the comeback against the Saints showed me that he's got enough. I think yeah. to win. Them. Yeah. Uh, uh, cool. Comeback was only because of an injury, though, wasn't it? I mean, like, the, 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 have there been anyone capable of playing QB who's not a complete turnover machine for the Saints? For them, they wouldn't have won that game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last one to look at is next Thursday night football game: Death of Broncos at Kansas City Chiefs, and what quick. is? the most straightforward preview of a game that we could ever give. Denver Broncos are about to be smashed all over the park, offence and defence. No chance. Well, the, the, the Chiefs will be smarting for this because they'll have just lost in Minnesota. There's a tip. Um, in a, in a final, final play of the game when... when Jefferson scores a touchdown. Why are you tipping the Vikings to be in a one-score game? That's not news. I am. I'm ticking the Vikings to beat the Chiefs this week. And so they'll be rampaging when they get back home. Denver are awful. They're really They're terrible. This is the this is one of the worst teams in the league against one of the best teams in the league at home. It's not fair. 
Um, they should get they, the league should start giving should these teams like points. Like yeah. they should get a few. The, the spread on the betting should give them. They should give them that point start. Well, so just like give them a twenty point start. I think I don't think it's enough. <laughs> I think it's enough. I don't think it's enough. Uh, anything to add to what is uh, going to be the most straightforward game of the weekend or the week, Dave? Perfect. Oh, the Chiefs was, concern, I'm going to go with the Broncos. How are you? You're not. Yeah, Don't Chiefs, be stupid. You're not. The Chiefs concern me. Their, their offense isn't looking particularly good. It's not looking particularly damn it. They're winning games. And well, I know they battled well, the Bears. What comeback they had against, like, you know, a, a former number one overall pick this weekend, just gone and this weekend coming, I could win a game. It could be on a bit of a roll. Why not? Like, let's just, let's just throw it out of there. I'll go with the Broncos. I love our sponsors. Bless him. Oh, I see what you've done. Uh, Rene, who owns endzonekit.co.uk, 15% off at checkout if you use the code PUNTS, by the way, uh, is a Broncos fan. Are you angling for more free gear? No, no, not at all. I don't need gifts. I just like to help people to feel good when they might be feeling a little bit depressed. It'd be nice to see the Chiefs offence play well and start gelling with some of these young wide receivers. He hasn't really found Rashi Rice yet. Caradere's Tony's had a quiet season so far. I like Rice. Um, and Sky Moore isn't in the game. So it'd be interesting to see if yeah. they get these players involved as the season goes on. Because if they don't, they're going to lose to the Bills. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, good stuff. Um, we've got two things left to do. We're going to talk about uh, betting picks for this week and what the lads are going for. And then we are going to give our utter punts of the week nominations. So bets, boys. Uh, who wants to go first? Dave, Dan? Dave, your trouble. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll go. Um, so I'm, I've got to do a quarterback double. And oh, you've got uh, double. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with. But no, I'm not. I'm throwing that out. I'm going to go with Justin Fields score touchdown. Okay, again, he let you down last week. Ar- Arcane of Miami to get a brace. Two touchdowns. And if you go with that, that's thirty-three to one. Okay. And Arcane has been tipped to start taking over the workload from Moster, and indeed had uh, 10 snaps more than him last week. Difficult to argue against that Giants team. Um, Dan, what are you going with this week? I think I think there's a few tricky games this week, so I'd be very cautious about picking some of these overwhelming favourites because I think there'll be some upsets this week and shocks this week. Uh, I've gone for a really simple double, so our treble came in last week. We're going to roll that in. We're going to go Bills, Lions, double, and it doubles the money up. What's the... Um... What's the total so far this season? £29.30, and this will make us £49.22. Well, that's... Uh, Creeping along nicely. Yeah, we'll tick over, tick over just nicely. Uh, unfortunately, producer Bellas had to vacate the premises and don't know where he's gone. Uh, but it means that there's no nobody pressed the hooter button. So what we'll actually... Do, I tell you what we'll do is... I, I shouldn't have mentioned it. I should have just put it in afterwards, shouldn't I? So here's the hooter. Yeah. Uh, right, that's it. Two-minute warning. <laughs> and we'll pretend that I never said the thing that I've just said. Uh, who's going first? Who's got a nomination for your utter punt of the week? Dave, do you want to go first? Oh, I can go first. My nomination for utter punt of the week probably stretches back more than just last week, but it's becoming more relevant for me this coming weekend. My nomination is, Kelsey, why are you ruining football, man? Don't bring a circus along. You, you're actually doing the Chiefs a disservice. You're making it more difficult for them to win. Dan even tip the Vikings to beat the Chiefs earlier. And that aligns with my thought that you're making life a lot more difficult for yourselves when you need to. Because if you lose to us, number one, it shows that you've got let the entire team get distracted by what you've got going on. Uh, and number two... It ruins the Vikings' opportunity to be able to draft the quarterback to replace Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, my nomination is uh, Travis Kelsey and also up Galatasaray, up Galatasaray. I love Galatasaray. So, so I'm not a grass, right? But he mentioned the Vikings, Kirk Cousins and Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I didn't mention her. So He didn't, didn't, didn't actually... Watch he didn't actually... I was watching intently... You do, you do get three yellow cards for the for the Galatasaray nonsense. Um, oh, my back. Oh, karma. Yeah. I, I hope that really hurts. I hope you are, honestly, I hope you don't sleep tonight. Jeez. Uh, your Rotterdam nomination of the week. Is it Dave Keane? Please no. let it be Dave Keane. Uh, my Rotterdam of the week is going to be Zach Wilson, right? So, okay. stay with me. Right? <laughs> so, on Sunday night, it's the most watched televised game 
since the Super Bowl. You were singing um, his praises two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I liked that Wilson a lot. Yeah. But a, I'm, I'm coming to it. Okay. Uh, and it's the most watched game in the season because Sansa Stark's there, Wolverine's there, Deadpool and his wife are there, right? And there's some <laughs> other girl with them. They're watching the game. So it's the most watched game. And there's a lot of new fans then watching that game, right? Yeah. Zach Wilson outperforms Patrick Mahomes on Sunday night. So yeah. for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career, college and NFL, 127 starts, more yards, more completions, more touchdowns, less interceptions. It's the first time ever anyone's played better than Patrick Mahomes in a game. Wow. What it leads me to think, though, is that now there's an extra load of NFL fans who've only ever watched one game who all yeah. think that Zach Wilson's better than Patrick yeah. Mahomes. <laughs> What's <laughs> a punt? I'm not sure that's. I'm not <laughs> sure that's Zach Wilson's fault. Sample size issue there. I'm, I'm not sure it's his fault, but I, I, I'm following the logic. If all those fans watch this week, they're watching Matchmakers by Kirk Cousins, and it definitely won't happen that time. No, no, I hope not. No, well, Dave's just desperate for the crash and bed. Do you know who I'm going with for my utter punt of the week this week? Yeah, I'm going with Justin Fields. <laughs> Oh. And I'm going with Justin Fields because, specifically, like we best. spoke about the Chase Claypool story earlier on. And I, I think we're all in agreement. That story is a bit of a mess. I just wanted to take you back to a couple of weeks ago, though, <laughs> when on utter punts, Dan here drew your attention to the Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, taking pot shots at the coaching, denying that he'd taken pot shots at the coaching, and then us proving that he'd taken pot shots at the coaching. And now he's come out and saying... <laughs> Oh, I'm sure he'd take it back if he wanted to. And, you know, I think he knows he's messed up, in direct quote. Hang on a second. He's done nothing different to what you did two yeah. weeks ago. You can't sit there on your high horse. You're not allowed to be such a hypocrite. You're supposed to be the leader of that football team. And instead of throwing him under the bus, maybe you could have gone behind the scenes and had a word to make sure that you've got a receiver that's capable of catching some of your shit throwing, Justin. Utter punt. I you think win. that's brilliant, Liam. That was very, very well said. I, I, I do agree with Chase Claypool, though. He is being misused. He's being used as an NFL wide receiver. He's an ex-stealer. Good luck to him. Yeah. Get him retired. Get him all out of the league. Uh, look, it's been an absolute joy to be with you again on Utter Punts. We do enjoy doing this with you every single week. Don't forget, like and subscribe on YouTube. Share with a friend if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere else like that. Um, and look... I'll look have a nice time. Look forward to the games this weekend. We absolutely are. Dan, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Dave, thank you. Yala. Yes.